one and all. Hope you're doing good. I always wonder what this sounds like on the other side, how, how insanely ridiculous it sounds. Oh my goodness, welcome, welcome one and all. It is Funkatopia Live on this October 1st. And uh, lots of people celebrating birthdays today, including my mother. I know she's not listening, but happy birthday, mother, anyways. Uh, (laughs) She doesn't support her 50-year-old son. Um, Walter Walter Matthau, uh, his birthday's today. Uh, Donny Hathaway, his birthday's today. There's lots of people that have birthdays today. But anyways, welcome one and all. I am joined by, uh, once again, a special guest that uh, is here pretty regularly. Dr. Funkenberry's in the house. What's up to you, man? How's it going, everyone? Hope everyone's doing well. Happy birthday to your mom as well, Mr. Horton. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, she's, yeah, she's turns, uh, I don't know what she turned, 70. I think she had me when she was 20, so... 70. Good Lord. Yeah. So kind of one of those. Hey, it was back in the sixties, man. <laughs> it was a party. Yeah, I know. So we got uh, lots of things that we were, you know, kind of talking about that we were going to be bringing up um, as far as, uh, well, we had like lots of things we we're going to talk about. We want to talk about this Paisley Park news that came out today. We definitely want to talk about that. Uh, we also wanted to definitely talk about the guitar, uh, the the Model C guitar replica that is um, available, that was available for, uh, to, to enter, so you could have like a little bit of an entry uh, to win it, and uh, we actually, I was doing Facebook Live right before this, and we were, everybody was there, there was like a lot of people on the Facebook Live. And a lot of people that were in the drawing. And I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure that, you know, so for every $5 that you donated, you got an entry. So, you know, some people donated more than others and other people just did one, other people just did two or whatever. And I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that everybody saw that I was putting everybody's name fairly into a system that was kind of mixing up the names and would just randomly pick a name. Just out of the blue would randomly pick a name just so everybody could know that it was fair. And um, and I, I, the only way I was going to be able to do that is if I was going to be back on video. Uh, and uh, since I was already on video and there was so many people that were online, I figured, well, I'll just go ahead and just do this. And so we went ahead and we did the drawing. And so if you were on Facebook Live, you know who the winner was. If you were not on Facebook Live and you're just now tuning in to find out who the winner was, uh, the winner was there on Facebook Live, so she already knows. Rico Curry was the winner of the Model C Guitar Replica, which is a beautiful piece of artwork that was created by Nick Garcia. And uh, Nick is just a master uh, master woodworker and he just creates these unbelievably beautiful pieces of 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 
well, they're just amazing pieces of work. Uh, and I know a lot of people were like, well, you know, it's not, you know, I want to be able to play it. It's like, you can, you can, you can, you could actually take it to a luthier and they would, they can convert it easy. I mean, not like, you know, easy, easy, but they can do it pretty, pretty, not a problem because it's an actual, it's an actual guitar, but it will be, you know, a little bit heavier than normal, but it's, you know, the react, reality of it, it's a beautiful piece of art and it's just incredible. Uh, but anyways, yeah, it's it's gorgeous looking too. There's a bunch of pictures that are still up on it on Facebook, and uh, Rico Curry was the one who won that guitar. So very cool. uh, yeah, and it's yeah, it's very cool. And and again, uh, you know, a portion of the proceeds are obviously going as we mentioned before. We were talking about PRN alumni. Uh, PRN alumni is just this fantastic organization that just has uh, so many different things that they do in order to continue Prince's legacy and just making sure that all the things that he regularly got involved in would, you know, continue on, um, you know, continue on like all the supporting of the music education classes, or if anybody at any point in time was ever in Prince's employ, whether or not they were playing on stage or off stage or whatever it was that they would actually, you know, if they had any type of financial hardships that they would take care of them. And so, you know, that's one of the things that I really loved about this particular organization was that they, you know, they do exactly what they say they're going to do. And so um, <clears throat> we will be making a donation to them. I've got to kind of go over the numbers and I'll get Jackie on the phone and we'll, we'll talk about it and, and get that money over to them and make that donation because it's a great, great organization, great bunch of folks over there, <clears throat> Harlan Austin and Craig Rice and Jackie Thompson, all, all those are, those are all like, you know, board of directors. Uh, so just people that really, you know, do exactly what they say they're going to do. And that's, you know, that's why we did this. It's pretty awesome. Um, so, and then we all, so, and we, again, we wanted to talk about the Paisley Park news and whatever. And, um, I got a little bit of a, a, a click that's going on on your line. That's kind of like, um, I don't know what it is, but, one of, but what we'll do is, is we, one of the other things that we were doing is we were, we kind of did a, um, um, we did a, a post of saying, what is Prince's best, uh, piano song? And a lot of people, you know, picked a, a variety of different tunes. I mean, we saw everything from, um, you know, we saw the beautiful ones. We saw, um, Condition of the Heart. So those are all songs that we are actually going to be playing tonight. But let's go ahead and do one of them now. We're going to do the beautiful ones because it is such a fantastic song. We're going to play that one, and then we will figure out what the uh, all the the extra clicking is, so that you don't guys don't have to you know be distracted by it. And then we will we'll start there, and then be sure that you visit Facebook and go onto the site and tell me what you feel that Prince's favorite. Prince's best piano slash keyboard work w- is, and then we can uh, we can make sure that it gets taken care of. But here it is, the beautiful ones right here on Funked Up. Let's take a listen.
And it's Mr. Christopher with the Funkatopia Radio Show. And uh, we've kind of been kind of on and off with the click, so we'll, we'll be all right. We're, we're, we're going to make it through. Uh, what we wanted to do is, obviously, we were talking uh, – we, we have a couple things we're going to talk about. This is not going to be a long show tonight. I think we're going to cap out at just a couple hours. We're not going to make it a late night for, for anybody involved. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to talk about the news from Paisley Park that just came out today. And Doc is going to talk a little bit about that. And um, then we're also going to go through some of Prince's greatest piano songs, piano slash keyboard songs, which kind of makes it a little bit rough because if you look at some of the keyboard riffs, there's a lot to work with there. I know so I saw somebody had posted uh, When Doves Cry, which obviously is an amazing keyboard riff, but that's not Prince playing it. That is Dr. Fink playing it at half of the sp- actually at, that's not true. It, it is Prince playing it, but at half the speed that you're hearing that keyboard solo at. And then once they released the song, they double speeded that solo in When Doves Cry and then he made Fink learn that solo at double speed. Uh, so, you know, props to Matt for, for pulling that off because that's not an easy keyboard riff by any stretch of the imagination. But yes, I could see how that would definitely make, uh, um, I mean, but if you're looking at like keyboard riffs and things like that, like stuff, um, la, 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 he, 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 and, uh, two nigs and for West Compton. I mean, those types of keyboard riffs are just un friggin' real. I mean, they're just so much there going on. Lots of stuff that we're going to be going over as far as Prince's greatest piano stuff. Uh, so we'll be doing going over a lot of that stuff. Plus, we have a surprise when we, we start talking about that because somebody had asked me, hey, do you have such and such song? And I said, I do. So we're going to play that uh, after we talk about the news. We're going to break into this a little bit. We had kind of tapped on this topic a little bit a couple of weeks ago. You and me, Doc, we were talking about um, actually, a few weeks ago, when it was the end of the contract for the Graceland folks at Paisley Park, and so they kind of kicked them to the curb, and um, it, they didn't renew the contract. And then what ended up happening was that we thought they were probably just going to do things on their own, but apparently they decided that they didn't feel like they were, I guess they didn't feel like they had enough wherewithal to actually pull it off by themselves so they decided to actually hire uh hire some folks and some news broke today that doc shared we also shared it on on uh facebook but doc was the first to see it so jay i'm going to turn it over to you and let you kind of discuss this a little bit and then we'll we'll chat about the the outcome of what we think will happen as a result sounds good and the beautiful one is a masterpiece, even if it is like simple chords, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Now, for the news, you know, I wouldn't say it was about, you know, it was like, yes, what they were wanting to do was wait until the family takes over and makes a decision, but there's other things in play that need to happen, and um, like celebration, and you know, because the reason it was never announced at the end of April this year, like previous ones, or at the end of celebration, is that they knew that there was going to be a change. And Graceland isn't exactly going to be promoting something that they're not going to be involved with. So then you have this. Now it's you have a company involved. Now we'll find out when celebration dates happen. And now you're having the whole battle of April and June. And we'll see that. But um, 
basically the news or what Variety was given, I'll put it like that, the news that Variety was given, the Prince Estate, which assumed management of the artist Paisley Park Production Complex, effective today, October 1st, 2019, has announced new developments in the company's organizational structure and operation. Alan Seifert is Paisley, Paisley Park's new executive director, effective today. They make sure to reiterate that. The estate has also engaged two entertainment development companies, MR Pro Fun and Myco2, to enhance the overall experience for guests touring the facility, which was Prince's estate, studio, and home, and is now a museum. It's interesting it's taking two companies, but we'll get into that. Uh, Cypher joins Paisley Park from the New York-based Midnight Balloon Management, where he served as president. Seifert has years of management experience in media and entertainment, most recently focused on live events, including Black Girls Rock, the Black Girls Rock Festival they ship with them, and the K-pop Ball Music Festival, and the BET experience at LA Live. He's previously held senior positions at Viacom, NBC Universal, the NBA, and Fox Television. Fox. As an experienced entertainment executive, live event producer, and brand builder, Alan Seifert's explanatory business and artistic IQ, coupled with his lifelong enthusiasm for Prince, uniquely qualifies him to serve as executive director, representatives for the estate said. We look forward to advancing the strategic and long-term operational goals of Paisley Park under Alan's stewardship. And Alan said, I'm thrilled to join the Paisley Park family and to build upon the amazing legacy that is Prince, just as it was for Prince, Paisley Park is more than a building or place. It is a creative laboratory, performance studio, and innovative space offering future generations the chance to create and share their work. <clears throat> Paisley Park is also enlisted, as we said earlier, two companies in the cultural attractions industry, Michael Two and MR Pro Fund, to assist in authentically carrying out Prince's vision for Paisley Park. Michael too was part of the creative force behind the Westworld experience of 2018 South by Southwest and has worked with Universal Studios and Lionsgate and designed attractions for Dubai parks and resorts. MR Pro Fun operates in consulting and management services for the attractions industry, working with such attractions as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Warner Brothers Studio Tour, Ferrari World, and the NBA Play Zone. According to the announcement, the two companies will help fulfill the Prince Estate's commitment to the continued growth and development of Paisley Park by providing unprecedented, one-of-a-kind guest experiences. And it just goes through a description of Paisley Park, which we know. Now, people were worried when Graceland was out. Oh, Paisley Park's going to close. All this is going to happen. So this is what may have played into the decision happening quicker. Although, as we discussed before, Graceland was getting 15% of the ticket sales and 50% of the merchandise, the cheaply made merchandise, mind you. That's no dig at the people that work at Paisley Park right now. That's a dig at someone else, which I'm not going to get into because I'm sure this person would love to sue someone. Uh, but you had 50% of ticket sales taken out and 50% of the merchandise sales. For, for the time being, and we don't know how it's going to be under this structure, 100% was going to the Prince Estate. So how are they going to go under when they were now making more profit than they were with Graceland involved? So to me, it's a great decision, but let's get into your thoughts about Cypher and other things before I discuss it further. 
Well, here's the thing. I, I really don't know anything about Alan Seifert, to be totally honest. I, I was As you're talking, I'm trying to find some information on him. I went to his, link, uh, his LinkedIn page, and his LinkedIn page shows him as the executive director at Princeless Paisley Park, and he spelled Paisley wrong. So, Uh-oh. yeah, he spelled it P-A-I-S-E-L-Y instead of L-E-Y. And he's got it that way all over the all over his LinkedIn page. So he doesn't even know how to correctly spell. I, it, I know I understand it's a typo, but if you're making that kind of announcement, how about you know you know how anal we all are about all this ridiculousness. So right now, currently, his LinkedIn page shows Paisley Park, the place, his new place of employment, and he it's not spelled correctly. All right, so. So, so far, right out of the gate, I, I, I don't know a lot about this guy, okay? He may be the perfect fit for this, but what I was telling you before was it just seems like I, I don't understand why they're not going outside of, why they keep on going outside of Paisley Park for people who have never really been involved in that, uh, that don't really, aren't completely familiar with Prince's world. I'm not saying that he's not, but... Somebody like we had talked about, we had talked about a couple of the board of directors for PRN alumni. We had talked about Jackie Thompson. We had talked even even Harlan Austin. Any of those guys, Harlan Austin, Craig Lawrence Rice, uh, Jackie Thompson. I mean, any of those folks would have been amazing. I mean, even somebody like that that's not all the way up the up the ladder, like a like a. I don't know, like a Dave Hampton or something. somebody who is really intricately involved with the goings on at Paisley Park, who fully understands and grasps the levity of what they're being put in charge with. I'm not saying that Alan is not, but I'm just, I'm, it just doesn't make a whole bunch of sense to me whilst, why there's so many capable people that can easily step into this right. role because uh, every, everything that he's done, everything that he's done that I've, I've looked at with the exception of the black girls rock thing, there's not a whole bunch of stuff that he was doing musically. Um, so most of the stuff that he was doing, well, no, I take that back. There was some things that he did. Um, some, he did, he did a couple music festivals, you know, guess what? So did I, I've done I've done six music festivals. I personally have put on six music festivals, so I, I have that experience also. But I think my the point of this being is that I don't I can't wrap my head around why they keep going outside of Paisley Park to find people to run this. Because keep in mind, you know, he's had bigger events that are done, and now you have two companies helping him. So this is a big project, and they're having other stuff. Paisley was different when these people weren't running it. It wasn't a tour, a tour thing or whatever. And they're putting a lot of money into it and they're trying to make sure it's successful. So it's, it's tough. Some people are like, we're wanting me involved with Paisley. I'm like, this isn't how it used to be with him. It's a lot different right now. And there's a lot of moving pieces and you need more than say a crew of three people that knew their stuff. You need a company that can do stuff. Now, hopefully, eventually, they would go to these people, like Dave Hampton, for advice on it. But to have them be involved, 
um, it's probably not going to happen. And that's why they're going for bigger companies that have experience in running something so big. Paley is an older building. There's going to have to be stuff eventually that's going to have to be done to it. But also, they have to have new exhibits and they have to figure out some other things to do. So you need something to where they're going to be able to know what's going on immediately and work on it. But should they go to people like Jackie and Dave? Yes, to help out. But the day-to-day operations, it's just a lot different. And we're going to see how long uh, Cypher lasts. And hopefully by the time the show is over, he'll get his LinkedIn page uh, corrected. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like... They need they need bigger people and other stuff, so they're going to it. And as I see with how the Prince Estate runs, uh, they're not really getting PR and alumni involved, are they? They don't even want. Um, how do I put it? They don't want a voice for the fans. They love the chaos and what's going on with the fan community and all these stuff and everyone trying to puff out their chest and be the man. And then the fans aren't being listened to because everyone's trying to be a voice. You know, people are talking about, oh, the celebration is going to be here. The celebration is going to be there. Did I say anything? Did I post it? I gave you guys the news. I'm not giving you rumors. I'm not giving you anything else. So when I post celebration dates or I'm telling you stuff's going to happen, you know it's legit. I can get you a bunch of, I can get a bunch of clicks by telling people, oh, I know this or I know that and rumors. I can get, I can make YouTube videos and get thousands upon thousands of stuff that are clickbait. I'm not going to do that to you guys because I'd rather give you the news, and that's what Christopher rather do as well, and that's what we're going to do. We're not going to clickbait you. We're going to give you the news, not the bullshit, plain and simple. Yeah, and I mean, so, I mean, there's that component of it, but there's also this, the other two entertainment agencies that they also brought on too, which is the Mr. Pro Fun and Myco2, uh, right. or Myco2, or however you pronounce it. And Mr. Profund is specifically an amusement park type of company. So they deal a lot with like a Six Flags type of, you know, those types of amusement parks. So really bigger, high-end uh, types of those types of level right. of things. And and the same thing with um, Michael 2, too. I mean, Michael 2 works with some massive companies. And my guess is because they have some close ties with Warner Brothers is probably why they're maybe in the mix but they too also deal with a lot of entertainment stuff like six flags and things like that so they're really spearheading the approach of they're really spearheading the approach of we're going to make this like an entertainment complex which i'm all about i mean don't get me wrong because i i I love paisley park but there's only so much that you can do with Paisley Park before people like us start stomping our feet and go, whoa, 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 let's not, we're not, you know, we don't need this huge video wall or we don't, you know, you know, a, a moving, uh, one of those, those things that you stand on, they just kind of move you along a moving sidewalk type of thing. You know, I, I don't know what their plans are or what their thought process is as to what, you know, where they're going to take this. I would be more interested in understanding what type of ideas that they have envisioned for what they're doing. Um, right. I think that's, I think that would make me a lot more comfortable if I knew kind of what their, what their pitch was. And um, I just not seeing any of that. And, and I'll, right. I, we I'll, don't know that yet. Right. But just because you have experience in amusement parks 
doesn't mean you're the right fit for it. We'll, we'll see. You got to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're starting with a clean slate. This could be really good news. Just things have to be executed properly as I look at it. Now it's just like it's the Prince estate. Like, look, there's some good people on there, but the thing is, is that you have to be more imaginative and, um, they haven't been. Merchandise is selling. Music isn't selling. I gave them ideas that Tyler, the creator, is using and Post Malone is using, and they're selling a grip of merchandise along with download codes with the merchandise, and they're not doing that or capitalizing on it. They don't know how to think outside the box. Just because you um, have a law degree, have a college education, have these other things going on, doesn't mean that you know what the heck you're doing in the music industry and other stuff. And see, like myself, um, the thing is, is when Prince would, would release a new record over the past 20 years, there'd be, there'd be promotion before the album came out, then all of a sudden he would just go silent. And we had to look for different ways to promote him. Just like with uh, Artificial Age, the five-year anniversary coming up, uh, Danny Lamore made this, this could be us, but she playing there was a meme, and then she, she changed the color of it. And then I went somewhere and got it printed on a T-shirt and wore it. And Prince loved it. And the next thing you know, two weeks later in concert, they're selling the shirts that I made. And people are like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to get money from him? I'm like, okay, I'm going to come after him for something that I created, but it's got his image on it. It's like with Dave Chappelle about Prince playing Jedi Mind Trick. You can't really do anything, you know, but you have to think outside the box. And Prince would take a lot of ideas for me. And I was okay with that because I wanted him to succeed and do other things. The lawyers... Uh, the estate, like I said, there's some good people there. They're smart. They have other things. But just because you are above me doesn't mean you know more than me. And it needs to be utilized. So I'm hoping that the estate stays out of the way, lets Seifert and other people do the work they need to do, and let's see what happens. And this is why I have more faith in the family. I'm sorry, Prince of State. I'm sorry, America. But I think they're more willing to listen and they're not as money hungry as the fans think at all. And I'm willing to give them more of a chance because I think they will listen to the fans more and we'll get the things that we want, you know? Yeah, and I think they're on a good track with I mean, the 1999 box set was a breath of fresh air for me. I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. This deluxe edition of 1999 that's coming out at the end of the month, I am just, I mean, not at the end of the month. And uh, when is it coming out? It's coming out November 29th. So you're November 29th. That, huh? Yeah, November 29th. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I am beside myself because every time I look at that collection, I mean, minus the couple obvious things that right. were were missing. I, right. This was completely and utterly a decision that that one of the first decisions that Paisley Park made since the deluxe edition release of Purple Rain that I was just like, yes, okay, you're well, this yeah. is exactly, yeah, not exactly, but it, it, this is this is definitely what you need to be doing because everybody right. that bought the album the first time would love to hear remastered versions of this, and all of our heart, all of the hardcore fans right. 
will come out and they'll actually purchase it just to hear some of this unreleased music that's going to be included on it and some of the different versions and stuff. So it appeases both audiences and it speaks. You're right. You know, but it wasn't out of the goodness of their heart. We kept telling them and I kept telling them and Michael Howe was hurt by my comments Piano and Microphone 83 should have been a bonus disc for this 1999 set. It should not have been a standalone release. They kept marketing to the casual fan, you know, with with the artists they chose. Look, I respect the hell out of Jill Jones and Susanna Melvoin. They may not get along, but I respect the hell out of them. But they were the ones being used for the deluxe edition of Piano and Microphone as a selling point. You're only having the hardcore buy that, and you're marketing it to the casual fan. Same with originals. You marketed it to the casual fan, but yet you're using Apollonia. You're using Jill. You're the same people that you used for Piano 83, and you weren't having any advertisement or push behind it. They finally realized that originals right now is sitting around the 55, 56,000 mark. Okay. Tyler, the creator, a C-list rapper, sold 73,000 in the first week and 68,000 were um, sales, not downloads. And Prince is not an artist right now that is being streamed or downloaded. It's through sales. So they finally realized after that 55,000 of originals, the casual fans aren't buying this. Well, because you're not putting out videos other stuff. The hardcore are. They're buying the white vinyl. They're buying the vinyl. They're buying the Target Special Edition. They're buying the other regular edition that doesn't have the bonus track. So finally, they're marketing. And the reason that you love the set, and this is something they should have done originally, they're not going to attract new fans. There's different ways, and it's through digital media and through other stuff. It's through movies. And that's why I'm looking forward to the Elizabeth Banks project. As much as the Prince fans are against it, soundtracks and movies sell. Regardless if it's 20 years that go by, like We Will Rock You with Queen, regardless if it's the Beatles and Yesterday, soundtracks sell. That, uh, that Hugh Jackman, The Greatest Showman on Earth, that soundtrack is still selling. Those are things that still sell. They need to think outside the box with it. And yes, it's great that this 1999 set is coming through, is coming out for us. But Piano 83 and Originals, and I love Originals, don't get me wrong, and I love Piano 83. It should not have been the first posthumous release. That's all. But now we're finally getting what we want, but they had to make mistakes first. And they have to understand you have to market to the hardcore. The movie stuff and the digital stuff that I'm talking about, and I'm not going to give out all my ideas for free, that's stuff that's going to attract the casual fan, and they don't know how to do that yet. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I, I think that I would have to agree as far as what they're just kind of a little bit out of touch as far as. Well, I don't really know that they're so much out of touch as they're trying to figure out, okay, where can we make money? Because the most most of the world, you know, tuned out once Prince passed away. There was a lot of people that went out and purchased a lot of his albums because they wanted to have it because now there were collection collectible items. Um, this, that's just the raw reality of it. Uh, and then they just kind of just faded out. And then it just kind of went by the wayside, which left the hardcore fans like yourself and myself and basically everybody that's listening to this show and beyond that, you know, they didn't really care too much of 
or really weren't paying attention too much. That's not, wouldn't say care. They weren't paying attention to what we were asking for. And it's like, look, you know, we've already heard all the albums. We've, we have all the albums. We were there the day that the albums went on sale. We were the first people that were standing in line outside of Turtles record stores or Sam Goodies or wherever it was that we went and purchased. We were there. We, we, we already have these. You don't need to keep giving us these. This is the same disconnect that they had with the celebration every single year. Every single year they invite us out to the celebration and they show us all this concert footage of the hits. Guess what? Guess what I don't want to see? <laughs> you know. So I'm 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 down. I get it. It there is always going to be a phenomenal uh a, I guess desire to hear great tunes like Pop Life and, you know, Raspberry Beret and, and I'm stuck on one album right now, but you know, we're always going to want to hear those songs, but the but we also want to hear some of the stuff that they're sitting on. And right. I think that's kind of where where the disconnect is because I don't think they are so involved and so focused on all right, so how do we get back that casual listener that may only own Purple Rain and that's the extent of what they own? How do we get that person back? How do we get them back to the record store and entice them enough to buy something else? And it's like, well, you know, the reality of it was is that's going to be a hard sell. Why don't you focus on the people that are sitting here drooling, waiting for, you know, waiting for these for these new these new songs to come out and these unreleased tracks to come out, which is why I keep going back to this 1999 box set is because it it fixes both because a lot of people came on board at 1999. A lot of people came on board at controversy. A lot of people came on board at purple rain. You know, a lot of people came on board at, at those time periods. And so they want to hear the newer, clean, crisp remastered versions of those albums, but it also appeases us. And it gives us those songs that we've been dying to hear and wanted to hear for so long. So I think that's kind of what, but when you talk about Paisley Park as a, a facility, as a museum, or whatever it is that you want to, to call it, it, there's not really a whole bunch to be done there. They could, I, the good thing that they have is they actually have an amazing concert hall, an amazing recording studio that they actually utilize. So they utilize right. that for recording, and you know, why wouldn't you? Because it's an amazing historic landmark like Joshua Tree. It's just it's one of these recording studios that is uh, a studio that will forever be an infamy. Just one of these places that you could say, <laughs> my band recorded as an album there, and it, there's a lot of cachet to that. Um, so I think, but anything outside of that from an entertainment complex, you're going to have to start doing concerts there. You're going to have to start doing more live events other than DJ events. You're going to have to start making this more of an attraction, more of something that people are going to come out of their way. Treat it like a concert hall, you know, cause people will come, you know, you get a great act out there like a, you know, a Kendrick Lamar or, or you know, a- anybody that, is you know I, no offense to Nookie Jones, but I mean, how many people knew really knew who Nookie Jones was before? Before I mean, we did. I mean, but I'm saying for that's going to be dragging the masses out to Paisley Park. So that's kind of where my head is at in regards to Paisley Park. Is that if you're going to turn this entertainment facility into something that is going to be world class, you have to be putting on world class events there, and that's not really currently happening. So I'm hoping that with this current management change 
that they can actually foresee that. I mean, again, looking at Alan Seifert's list of things that he's done in the past, they're not like massive, huge hit machines. They are events that are very uh, culturally focused and have a very specific, clear-cut audience. And you need to go beyond that. The Paisley Park has to get outside of that box. Just like Prince was outside of that box, Paisley Park needs to get outside of that box. And hopefully Alan can take him there, but he hasn't really – there's nothing really a whole bunch on his resume that says that he he knows what that is. But – uh, and I, I could be completely wrong because I don't know anything about the guy. I've never laid eyes on him. I think I may have seen him at Paisley Park once or twice, but right. I, I don't. I don't know. I, but I, I hope that I'm wrong. But there, there's got to be a specific vision that they've got to, they've got to wrap their yeah, heads around. Yeah, and now in order when you to talk about level. like unreleased stuff and whatnot, that's a fragmented vault right now, and until the family is taking over with stuff. So look, like I said, I'm giving Cipher the benefit of the doubt, right? Let me ask you this, because they got someone that runs the entertainment side of stuff and the music side of stuff that has, quote, unquote, the resume. What do you think of Troy Carter and the job he's done since being entertainment advisor? And is he earning his paycheck or not? Um, People forget about that. Well, let's ramble off some of his ramble off some of his accomplishments so far. Uh, quitting Spotify because probably his paycheck from the Prince of State is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. um, piano Microphone 83. Yep. Rain Deluxe. Um, yep. Originals. Yeah, and getting I mean, Spike Lee, the song that I was meant to do, uh, you know, Mary, Don't You Weep. Yeah, so so th- those are the types of, of people that need to be... I mean, you're starting to see Prince stuff pop up everywhere. Um, as far as the songs appearing in, 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 I mean, that was one thing that he really kind of avoided when he was with us is that, you know, you didn't really see a whole bunch of his music popping up in movies and, and sound. right. But it's, it's, it's a different it's, game now. It's, it's different definitely now. a different game. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a different game now. I mean, I mean the fact that the, the last season of the TV show pose pretty much every single episode featured something that what that was tied to Prince, whether it was uh, Nasty Girl or whether it was it wasn't Nasty Girl, Sex Shooter, I can't remember which one, but like every single episode had something of Prince's in it, whether it, whether it was like a little quick hit or a little you know a quick drop, or whether it was actually a full blown song where you've got you know sometimes it snows in April being sung by Sandra Bernhardt, like almost the whole entire song with the exception of like one verse and like you know, a short instrumental patch, but I mean. That type of stuff really has a lot of impact and it kind of reaches out to people that reaches out to the common people who are that casual audience where they can go, oh, yeah, I remember that song and, and actually can make them some money, not just from the licensing, but can actually make them some money where actually people go out and, and now repurchase that or or listen to it on Spotify, God forbid, because that's no money at all. But um I just think there's a, a specific marketing tactic and plan. I mean, this is kind of what I do. I, I mean, I own, for those who don't know what I do full time, this is not what I do full time. I, I have a digital marketing company called Rankwell Marketing, and we're based out of Atlanta. And I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of digital marketing for national companies, 
like healthcare companies and things like that. So I'm always thinking about, you know, how can I reach, you know, when you look at a client and you figure out how can, all right, who, who, who's my client, who's my audience and how can I reach that audience effectively and make it so that it sticks. And normally if I come up with any type of crazy ideas, it's normally something that's, you know, maybe might take a little bit of extra push to get there, you know, maybe like some type of silly TV commercial or something ridiculous, you know, but the reality of it is, is that you have so much that you've got to focus on in order to make sure that whatever you're doing from a marketing perspective is done effectively and is going to reach that audience. So that is the challenge is that, so let's, let's, let's take a step back and let's, let's, let's understand first what is, what do you feel is Paisley Park's challenge right now? As, as a building, as a, as a property, as a museum, or however you want to label it, what do you feel that their challenges are right now as far as you know, being able to avoid extinction? I don't think that they ever will, because even if all marketing stopped and everything just went to the wayside, it's still going to survive because the whole the place is paid for. So it's, it's, it's still going to survive as a recording studio. It's going to survive as a recording studio and a special event facility. It's always going to be that. But what do you think that it needs to do in order to go beyond that? Or should it go beyond that? Is, is, yeah. the, is the museum part necessary? They need live music back. And uh, also, the Paisley Park After Dark should be a way of not having to take the tour to get in. Make it a $25 head or $20 head. It's not going to be what it was when he was there. But you can see Link is Link of Paris DJ it. And then the hours need to be changed. I know you're going to have to have a staff for that, but Prince was able to do it with minimal stuff. You can do that to have an after hour staff for certain events and security. Um, they need live music there. And I do believe that during the summer months, that they should have the Dance Till Dawn parties return. And also they do need to do upgrades of the exhibits they have now, make them bigger or do other things with it. Now I understand the problem is that you have sound, stuff in the sound stage, you have to move that out for the concerts to be there. But it needs to be done because we need live music there. And another thing is, aside from his room, I would like for them to find a way, another part of Paisley, or to do something. And the fans are going to complain about this in the sense that you're going to have to do some remodeling. But I would like for the fans to be able to see Prince's weight room. i like for them to see the wardrobe room. I would like for them to go to the garage to see the cars instead of them being in the showroom. Because I think people kind of get off about the garage, even though it's just the cars there. I do feel that they need to find another place for the elevator. And if it means making another elevator somewhere else, that's what I would try to do because then that way you don't just have one floor of stuff and a wardrobe room and other stuff and having mannequins dressed in that area would mean a lot to the fans and and other things um, just because you know you can say here's a room where Prince had all his outfits made he'd have people coming in you know and doing different stuff 
And those are things that would add to it. So they have to find a way. We can't use that elevator. We're not going to use it. And I don't know the codes that we're going to have to go through and what needs to be done. Um, but that's just an idea off the top of my head. I'm not a person that does that, but I think it would add more to the exhibit. And then you don't you don't have to worry about the cars in the soundstage area because then you can bring them down to the garage. And so. Yeah, I, I do think I would have to agree, and that that's a good point, that there is so much that is inside Paisley Park that most people have not seen. A lot of people think that that little building that's off to the left-hand side, the one with the dome on it, is where is that's his house, and it's not. It's actually was supposed to be made into, for those of you who don't know, if you've been to Paisley Park, it's just one main building. But there's a building, if you're facing it, that's off to the left-hand side that is kind of like a, almost a silo-looking building that has a dome, uh, and sometimes it glows purple and whatever, and people, oh, that's his house. That's where he lives. That's not That wasn't his house. That's not where he lived. And it was actually supposed to be made into a club. It was supposed to be an, a nightclub. Is what uh, what was that's that's what we were told. Um, that but it never that never came to fruition, and so it just ended up being a storage place. They just kind of just bunch of stuff. It was supposed to be, as far as I'm aware, it was going to be called the Egg, and it was going to be a restaurant. And Prince started building it, and he didn't get approved for the building code and you can't have a circular thing like that. It did have windows, but it's a no. Just like Kanye here in LA, he was trying to build these homes for low housing incomes. He made them in circles just like Prince did and he didn't get authorization for it. And then the building code said you can't have buildings like that. So he had to tear down and there was about seven made that were kind of like a dome and a circular thing. You can't have that. So he had to tear them down. So in the middle of construction with this, the building inspectors came and they wouldn't approve it. So that's why in the middle of it, it was just stopped. You know, so people, if they want to think that's going to be a gift shop or whatever, we'll see. But, you know, the club was always Paisley Park after dark. And the reason that he had trouble in the 2000s having these parties is that Prince would decide last minute to do it. And the person that was in charge said that Prince needed to pull a permit two weeks ahead to have these parties. Now, think about that. Prince would... You know, wake up on a Friday, I want to have a party, but was a permit ever asked for? Was it ever filed? Was it ever paid for? No, so a lot of these parties weren't happening. Now, as later on, as we know, Prince was considered a Minnesota legend and all these other things. So that permit could be pulled at the last minute, whether it's a day or a couple of days' notice. So it's always going to be that. Um, inside either the MPG Music Club room or the soundstage. And we're going to have a separate thing for that because he still would need to use the permit. And they didn't like people. Just like the first few celebrations, you know, we'd park our cars on the side of Paisley. The neighbors didn't like that. The city didn't like that. So that wasn't going to stop. Now, if they made another parking lot, it'd be a little different. But those were the problems that they kept running into. And that's why so many performances weren't happening because he'd have to pull the permits ahead of time. But Prince was very last minute in his decision making. I mean, building a building without getting a building inspector involved in the middle of it. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You know? Yeah. I think there was a lot of stuff that was going on there that, um, you know, people just, you know, again, I, I go back to your original suggestion about opening up the places that 
we have not been able to see. A lot of people have never seen his living area. A lot of people have not never been able to walk into or have seen the garage. There's got to be a way that they can turn those places right now that are currently off limits. I mean, you got like you're only showing about thirty percent of Paisley Park. I mean that yeah. that's I mean you're you're not seeing a majority of the stuff that's there, and that's really what people are really passionate about seeing. They wanted to see they want to see kind of a little bit more behind the scenes. And I just think that everything that they're showing people have been seeing for years now. So, you know, everything that's been off limits is still off limits. And I just, um, I think there's a lot there. I think those are really good suggestions, you know, and hopefully they're listening because I think that there's so much more that they can be showing people and that they could be touring and figure out a way to do it in a way that's, you know, still going to protect protect everything uh, i just think there's just so much I, there's so much to see and it's just to have it be closed off all right you don't want to show his bedroom okay i agree shut don't the elevator's too much i i i totally agree the elevator's too much you got to put another elevator or do some other thing for uh handicap access uh to those levels if you plan to let them access those levels then yes i agree that there needs to be another thing done. I know that's an expense, but I think that people being able to ride in the same elevator that he passed away in is not is not a good idea. Um, right. I just think that's too much. It's too. It's. I, I, I. I'm getting emotional just thinking about thinking about being in that elevator, and I just I couldn't I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And and yeah. I, I'm I'm I consider myself a, a man. <laughs> let's just be real but i don't know that i could be in that elevator and feel not that i'm scared of being in an elevator i'm not claustrophobic or anything like that but to be within three feet of where my my musical hero passed away i couldn't i couldn't do it i couldn't do it so there has to be you know so if you're going to be breaking out you're going to do some other type of access to to those parts of facility, you're going to have to figure that part out, whether it's an, an escalator, you know, put in, put in the escalator where those stairs are at. I don't know. So something that's, that's got some type of reality to it. Um, so, so there's that. So I, I just think it's going to be a challenge. It's a challenge because you, you've now hired two entertainment agencies and I'm, I wonder how much they're going to make because these are big companies. These are not, yeah. these are not little I mean, I've never heard of either one of them, the Myco 2 or the Mr. Pro, whatever. I've never heard of either one of these agencies, but I look at their resumes and they are dealing with massive attractions. They are dealing with the Six Flags and the Universal Studios types of stuff. Those are the types of things that they're used to. This is like nothing to them. So I'm, I'm trying to also kind of get an understanding of the level of importance that they feel towards this undertaking yeah how are you know how how are you approaching this this is not like you know multi-billion dollar you know theme parks that you are accustomed to getting behind this is this is a small recording studio slash house slash you know uh, uh event facility what you know it's it's got a lot of legend behind it but that doesn't mean anything so um, that doesn't mean to them. So I'm trying to figure out exactly what their vision is. And, and I would be, I, I, I'm glad that we were, we were, this news happened today and that we were one of the first people to be able to talk about it live. 
uh, about this so early in the game within, you know, within 24 hours or within 12 hours of them making that announcement. So that's kind of cool. But right. I, I think there's there's got to be a lot of time that we have to focus on, just kind of just step back and go, okay, so here's who you named. I want to believe that the people that – because I don't know anything about these two companies. They obviously are way bigger than the Graceland folks. They obviously are way bigger than that, but they also are way more removed from what Graceland would do. Graceland was running a museum slash event facility – for Elvis Presley. So it's almost, Graceland is almost like the exact same thing. Definitely smaller, obviously, uh, as far as what Prince was in. It was very, very similar. But they did a horrendous job, and either they were just didn't have enough time to prepare for it, or they just didn't care enough and just didn't want to, you know, I, I don't know what the thought process was. But, right. whatever, but the execution of what they did was not good, and that's the reason why their contract wasn't renewed. But I think that the every, everything was done so quickly and so, I mean, so fast that I don't know that they actually had time to actually have a plan. What's the plan? <laughs> there just wasn't a plan. Look, anything is better than Graceland because Paisley Park is far funkier than Graceland will ever be. They should have never been in the mix from the get-go. And those Bremer trusts that made that decision – not Comerica, but uh, don't let don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split shot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and and of course, going back to Alan, I'm you know I'm looking at his resume. I'm still scrolling through his resume. I've got a couple emails from people that have said, "Oh, that's so funny what you said about his LinkedIn uh, thing." It's, we we talked yeah, about. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> well, I, I, Brian Davis emailed me and said, "Yeah, I just private messaged him and told him that he misspelled Paisley." So he's now he's he's the vice president of Paisley Park and he spelled Paisley wrong on his LinkedIn account. Uh, so we keep pointing it out because we're such great people. Yeah, I know. I, well, that's my job. <laughs> I gotta. Not only do I gotta catch stuff like this, but I have to screen capture it and put it in for posterity. Um, right. And highlight it, and then I'll probably post it later. Um. Anyways, so I, I want to believe that they picked him because whatever he, whatever his thoughts were, or whatever his plans were that they are so far and above and beyond what anybody else could bring to the table, like a Craig Rice that could bring to the table who actually is very, very passionate and has guys like Chaz and guys like Craig who are just so, so passionate about their, uh, about Prince. They just, yeah, they, 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 they just, an advisor role, not running the thing though. It's too big right yeah, now. Well, I know. Yeah, I, I get that too, but, you know, Again. It's, a, it's a tour thing, you know, like running tours and having a schedule. It's, it's different than when they ran it. Well, you know, Alan's, Alan's not going to do any of that stuff either. He's he's going to be the vice president. He's going to be just pushing buttons. And I just think that it's – I again, looking at his resume, I want to believe that they really believe that he can take this to the next level. And it's not just because of the way that his resume reads that he was hired for this. And um, I, I, you can read between the lines of whatever you're going to say, I, uh, or whatever you're going to believe about what I'm saying when I say that. But I, I'm just, I, I, I want to believe that he's really got a really good strategy and roadmap in place for Paisley Park, and it's only time, only time's going to tell. 
That's we, time will tell. Time enters all. Yeah. So, man, great. That it was so awesome that you uh, picked up on that. For those of you just tuning in, we've been yammering this whole time, and we haven't even. Uh, Many people don't know what's going on. Mr. Christopher here with Funkatopia. Uh, welcome to Funkatopia Live. We do it every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. And I have my very special guest uh, with me again tonight. Dr. Funkenberry's in the house, straight from L.A. Yeah, yeah. How's the weather over there? It's been in the 70s. It's going to get up to 90 by Friday, but it hasn't been... I wish too it bad. It's, it's been, been chill. And I know everyone. It's it's October, and they're like, uh, "Isn't it supposed to be cooler right now?" Yeah. Well, this well over in Atlanta, we've been we've broken the uh, records for the past week now in Atlanta. We've been in the mid mid to upper nineties every single day for the past week, um, which is like way higher than it's supposed to be. It's like ten degrees higher than it's supposed to be right now. Anyways, normal. And we haven't had in in the town that I'm in, which is northeast of Atlanta. We haven't had rain here in two months, so like uh-huh. not it's like none at all. It's just been blazing heat. Uh, we have not had to mow the grass at all <laughs> because nothing's growing. It's it's a drought. It's it's a it's a drought here. It's just miserable. So is that why Matt Ryan is sucking harder than a porn star? Uh, no, I I think he is. Uh, you know, they always call him Matty Ice, but it's funny every single time they put the camera on him. I've never seen a quarterback so frazzled. So I have no idea how he got that name. He just he I I just can't. Um, yeah, he's he's horrible this year. Just horrible. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because of the and fact the offensive line is letting people through. What he deserves. Sorry to cut you off. He's doing what he deserves. Because all they had to do in that damn Super Bowl was keep running the ball, but he wanted freaking MVP and to pass it and kept stopping the clock. The Patriots did not have that championship, but Matty Ice gave it to him. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. You, you, you Trust me. I was sitting there watching the whole thing, and just my heart was just dropping. Every single time that they got closer and closer, I was, just, I was just I was just, I was freaking ball. Brutal. And, and and you know what makes it even worse? This this is what makes it worse for the Falcons. I know we're not we're not on topic right now, but this would make it this this is what makes it worse for the Atlanta Falcons more than anything else. Is that every single time they get into the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter how far they are ahead, this is going to come up. It's going to come up every single time. Well, remember in the last Super Bowl, he were ahead by twenty. It's like, oh my God, shut up. It's like it, it's 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 continually. It, it already did it. I mean, the whole following year. That next season, it was it came up every single game. It came up, and it still comes up every now and then in the game. Oh, I think they're still reeling from Super Bowl. It's like, oh my god, leave it alone. It was horrible, but yeah, um, it was ugh, a horrible, horrible thing. Anyways, you break that stigma. But yes. Yes. So the other two things we were talking about, we were. Um, we were uh, we've been doing a drawing uh, this past week and a half for uh, for uh, proceeds to go to prnalumni.org, which is an amazing organization that uh, assists people who were once in the employ of Prince, whether or not they played on stage with him, or whether or not they um, were his engineers, or maybe they worked at Paisley Park, or whatever it was. If they ever hit any types of financial hardships with medical bills or anything like that, legitimate cost and expenses. These people come to their rescue and essentially keep them, keep them, keep their heads above water. And uh, they also do a lot of things, a lot of charitable work with a lot of the things that 
Prince was doing when he was alive, supporting music education and doing things like that. And we, uh, Nick Garcia, who's this amazing, amazing dude who does this woodworking, creates this artwork that's just unfriggin' real. It's just gorgeous. And he creates replicas of Prince's guitars. So not like playable guitars, but they're, they look just like the regular guitars. And they are, you can hang them on your wall. And he made me one and sent me one uh, that's hanging on my wall. It's just beautiful. And he, um, and they're um, just gorgeous. And we did a drawing for one, and you could enter to draw, and uh, enter for the drawing. And uh, again, the portion of the proceeds were going to PR and alumni. And we did a drawing earlier. We were going to be doing it during the show, but when I was doing the Facebook Live right before the show, this is for all these people that tuned in since we got a vast number of different listeners right now. When we did the drawing earlier, um, we did it during the Facebook live before this show because I had everybody on video and I could show everybody that I was copying all the names and I was putting them into the system, into a system. And that was randomly picking a name just so we can make sure that it's not just so we can make sure that they saw that we were legitimately drawing a name. And the name that it drew was Rico Curry, Rico Curry. Uh, what she actually donated quite a bit actually so she had more entries than uh than a lot of people i think she was had the most entries than anybody so her chances of winning are skyrocketed and of course she won so uh congratulations to rico curry for winning that model c guitar replica they will be in um, rico if you're listening we'll be in touch with you and make sure that you get that uh beautiful beautiful piece and we want to make sure we want to show you holding it and enjoying it and whatnot and uh it's just a gorgeous piece and I, I can't thank i also cannot thank nick garcia enough nick garcia has been an avid supporter of not only funkatopia but all things prince and he is just a very very passionate artist and he is he just creates these masterpieces and he just, he not only created this guitar, but donated the guitar and is doing is shipping the guitar, doing everything just for the love of Prince and to help support these um, organizations like PRN alumni and Funkatopia. And I just, I, I can't say enough about Nick. He's just such a wonderful person and uh, such a giving kind dude and hats off for sure. And congratulations, Rico Curry for winning that guitar. And the other thing we were going to talk about, because I think we've talked enough about the, the Paisley park news. I think we spent about an hour chatting about it and we'll probably get a lot of feedback. I've kind of been going through emails and, and a lot of people love your ideas that you had about Paisley park. So we've, you know, kind of got some, um, you know, got a lot of different, uh, stuff that people have been feeding back on, uh, on our, I guess, insight. Uh, so I think we spent enough time there, which brings us to the next part of the show where we asked you what was Prince's best piano work again, almost like having to pick your favorite child. I think this is, this is even more than more than that, because one of the things that you, you were not a fan of is that one of the questions that I had asked on Facebook was if Prince came back and he wanted to play one song just for you, what song would you want him to play? And uh, that was gangbusters. I mean, there was like hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of people that were like, I want him to play this. I want him to play that. And we were going to kind of tinker on that tonight, but uh, decided that there was way too many responses. So we kind of moved it down to the, the next question in line, which was what is Prince's 
best piano slash keyboard work in your opinion. And a lot of we play art. We just got done playing, not just got done about 30 minutes or so ago, or maybe even longer than that. We played the beautiful ones, which is definitely award-winning. But what's interesting is, is that a lot of the songs that were being picked were obviously slow songs. So there's not a whole bunch of fast songs per se, uh, that, made the list. I think it's because when you can kind of hear some of the intricacy and some of the flow that he had with some of these other songs, I think that really kind of has a massive impact on how you absorb a song when you can actually sit back and just kind of take in the chord structures and take in the thing. When, when beautiful ones was playing, I was telling you, I'm, I, I'm surprised that the beautiful ones actually made that cut not because it's not a gorgeous song, because it is, but it's one of those songs that is just a, the chord structure is very, um, it's very simple. It's a very simplified song, but it's the, the, it's the, I guess it's the pattern in which he, he plays them that kind of, and of course, once it gets to the chorus and it kind of goes in an entirely different direction. And of course his vocals take it to a whole nother level. Uh, but another song like that, that's one of my all-time favorite songs, I am actually going to play you a track um, from a song that's very, very similar to that, in my opinion, but I'm not going to play you the recorded version. I And I hope you guys are okay with this, I'm not going to cause any problems, but um, I am going to play you this song from his final performance in Atlanta, the 10 p.m. show. Yes, you're okay? Are you all right? You're going to be all right? <laughs> okay, you're going to be okay? All right. I so. mean, I was able to hear it on soundboard thinking of this, and one day I hope it gets released, but uh, let's go for it. <laughs> all right, so this song, and I kind of want to give you, I've given this picture before, but for the 7 p.m. show, um, I was fifth row. And I, so I was right there taking it all in, but the 7 p.m. show was nothing like the 10 p.m. show. For the 10 p.m. show, it was much different because I was all the way up in the balcony, pretty much as far back as you can go. And it was just, but because of the way the Fox Theater is designed, it's kind of designed in a cone. And the back of those, that balcony is kind of like the, the smaller part of the cone. So all the sound just kind of comes in and goes into that cone. And you would expect these people that paid, because uh, those were the tickets that were $100. Everything else went up from there. I think the highest price was like 500 bucks or something like that. Uh, I paid 350 for the fifth row seats that I had for 7 p.m. show. And it was horrible because, not because I, I, I enjoyed the show, but because there was this crazy chick that was next to me screaming at everything. So it really made it very, very difficult to enjoy when you had not only I had a girl next to me screaming and I had a girl behind me screaming. Every, I mean, like he tapped his foot and they went nuts. And it was like, can you just like just relax? I'm just trying. I really just want to just kind of take this in and just enjoy this. But this particular song was not really ever a song that for whatever reason was never on my radar. I think I had heard it and kind of bypassed it. But it was a 10 p.m. show. Imagine this. It's, it's his final show ever. Of course, you didn't know that at the time. All the way in the very, very back of the balcony. And he starts playing this song. And the chord structures of this song just literally sucked everything out of me as far as like all of a sudden I was holding my breath and waiting for the next chord to hit. 
And then some guy over on the left-hand side, who was obviously way more familiar with the song, and it was one of his favorites, starts yelling, yes, yes, yes. And it was just, but it wasn't loud enough to be distracting. And it just added to the whole ambiance of everything that was going on that evening. And that song was, I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. So we are going to play some of this track, and hopefully you guys will be able to handle it. You know, uh, it's it's not a long song, so we're going to start here, because whenever I think of piano, there's a few songs that I'm I, I gravitate towards uh, for piano, and this is one of them. And but it's the newest of all of them for whatever reason that might be. So here it is. I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. Live from Atlanta from his final concert. Uh, here you go. Enjoy it right here on Funkatopia. Thank you. 
that was I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. That's uh, it's again, there's nothing really super fancy going on. It's just the way that the chord progressions, it's just <clears throat> when you think of piano songs, Doc, what, what songs do you think of? I'm going to go with upbeat right now because that was a lot. I like the Max. You like the Max? The Max. And look, like he, he would use that because that was like the little guitar riff from Raven to the Joy Fantastic. But he would do it on the keyboards. Same with uh, Love Sexy and Endorka Machine. It's the keyboards for Love Sexy and then Endorka Machine. It's the uh, that part on guitar. Um... I would also think of starfish and coffee. I think okay. think of things like that, um, and of course the one night alone piano CD. All of that is amazing. That version of a case of you. Yeah, and uh, great stuff, even right? seventeen days from piano and microphone eighty three, which should be a bonus part of the nineteen ninety nine set. That's pretty cool too. Yeah, know? I think uh, there's a so. All the songs that you mentioned, surprisingly, The Max is one of those songs that people have, have named a couple of times. 17 Days, some uh, one one or two people mentioned 17 Days. And then, I'm trying to think, but the one that got repeated the most was Condition of the Heart by by Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's just Venus de Milo, obviously, as well. That's just another one of those short ones that's just, it's just there and it's... It's just, That's on my rainy day playlist when it rains the two days and rains in L.A. <laughs> I yeah. wish we had some rainy days. So, yeah, I feel yeah. All right, so let's Let do that. rain come down. Let's play, uh, let's play the Max because we haven't been able to play any, uh, any uh, upbeat songs yet. So let's do that. We'll start with the Max. Yeah. Talk about Prince's. All right, let uh, me get up and start dancing. Go for uh, it. <laughs> this is uh, Prince's uh, greatest guitar. I mean, guitar. Yeah, greatest keyboard slash piano work i think this actually i you know it's uh, this is not the first song i gravitate to, towards for for keyboards but i'm gonna have to you know maybe it's just something i just totally missed, i mean but yes. you got head you got other stuff but i like being a little obscure with it yeah well yeah. It's, you weren't the, you weren't alone because there were a couple other people that that said the same thing so let's play it here it is the max right here on funked up let's check it out yeah yeah You can relax now. The Max is in control. Get it, forget a chance at all When the going gets tougher 
dust is shiver from the chill of the scarlet sweat When my lips eclipse the sun and the moon reflecting from the west When the blood of my love embraces everyone and the stallions in your pack That's when you go, you go, you go to the max You go up welcome one and all to the funkatopia radio show funkatopia live on tuesday nights and i'm your host mr christopher along with special guest dr funkenberry in the house nick garcia wanted me to play the song that he plays during prince piano and microphone where he throws in uh, uh lucy and linus it's actually a mix it's little red corvette and then dirty mind and then linus and lucy so it's like a, a it's like a it's like three songs. We'll play that a little bit later because yeah, I'm trying to avoid trying to getting in too much trouble. <laughs> I always like dancing right on that line. Doo-dee-doo. And, uh, you know, when you start talking about all of his stuff with, that he was doing during Prince Piano on a microphone, I mean, literally you could play that whole entire concert. There's, It's just all magic. I mean, that final show, his final concert was pure magic. There was no, I, I've never seen him do a show like that because I've mentioned several times before I went to go see that show, I was thinking, I don't know that I've ever seen him play without a band with the exception of the One Night Alone tour where at the end there where he's playing that section of just him and piano. Uh, but I've never seen him do a whole entire concert like that. And I just don't know if he can kind of keep it up, you know, you know, keep the keep everything moving and I was really doubtful that it would work out the way that it did and it was one of the best shows I'd ever seen in my life. Obviously right. there's a lot of hindsight now it, it it was certainly the best one and I was I feel so blessed that I was able to see that show because at the time I was playing with a band and I was singing with the band and I knew that he was going to when he had to reschedule that show I knew he was going to reschedule it on a night that I was not going to be able to go. I just knew it. I'd say, I, he's going to reschedule this, and I'm not going to be able to go. I'm not going to be able to go to the show, and I'm going to miss it. 
And a friend of mine actually had front row balcony seats, and he sold them. He goes, I'll see him next time. <laughs> I, was like, uh, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I was there. I couldn't, I don't know, I could breathe if that, if I was, if, if I, if somehow I'd missed that show, I don't know how I would have, I don't know how I would have handled it. I would have not have been able to live with myself. It would have been like a regret that I had to like carry around forever. Brian Davis said, did you know that the piano that you heard on Piano and a Microphone Tour was actually a Yamaha Motif synth that was sitting inside of a piano body? They told us this during the Paisley Park Tour, and I got a chance to take a closer look. And yes, it is a Motif synthesizer that is sitting inside of a piano shell. Yes, I did know that, actually. Yeah. But what was good about it is that he didn't really do, um, he didn't do anything synthesizer-like with it. He used the piano sound and that was it, which is kind of a little unusual because it's kind of one of those scenarios where, well, if you're going to bring a whole entire piano body, full shell of a piano, then just friggin' bring the piano. But um, I don't know if he was worried about having to tune it or what what the thought process was. But what was cool was that he used the piano sound and solely the uh, piano sound, which is great. So a lot of messages for you, uh, Jay, uh, Michelle, Michelle GK says that she, she co-signs all of your, of your ideas for Paisley Park. That's the second time we heard that. And, uh, and, uh, Cammy Mattingly said, dance for me, Jay, I'll couch dance. The max is in control. So, all right, then, uh, who was that? That was Cammy. All right, Candy. Let's get it on. (laughs) dance yeah so and the dance the dance is a great piano song the morning papers yeah that's a good one too there's so many great piano songs i I was actually surprised that everybody just kind of focused on a lot of these really specific ones yeah it's just you know condition of the heart was an obvious one i think that's just let me say this there is a video for the dance and the thing is, is I was able to see raw footage of the 3121 movie. So I got to see him because it's filmed in a studio. Got to see him perform that song over and over again. There were times that he lip synced. I got to see about 45 minutes to an hour of him just doing the dance over and over again, trying to get things right, trying to get it from the right angle, doing these other stuff. So not bragging. What I'm trying to sh- just share my experience and I'm hoping one day, the 3121 movie is not that great, everyone, but you get the dance, you get the word, you get the video for the morning after. Those things are cool, and I like to see that as a standalone project eventually. That's all. The dance, the version of the dance on 3121 is so much more superior than the, than the version he had on Chocolate Invasion. It's just so, it's not even the same. It's just right. such. And it's, he, he was slick with that. Towards the end of the song, about the last minute or so, when he's saying at least all the curly hair, all that stuff, he's actually saying Lisa. Now, he was married to Manuela at the time, uh, okay. but there was a chick called Lisa Hernandez that he would call Lisa was the inspiration for Te Amo Corazon. 
So listen to the dance, and towards the end of it, when he's saying at least, he's not saying at least in a couple of places. He's saying Lisa instead. Prince being slick yet again. Yeah, he tends to do that. <laughs> he absolutely tends to do that. He loves kind of, uh, you know, slipping in those little tastes here and there, just kind of making you making you think. I was like, what did he just say? Somebody, sure somebody had told me, and I still have not gotten the answer to this. It was an email that was sent to me, David Brannon. David Brannon sent me an email uh, in the middle of September, so it was a while ago. But in the song "Sex in the Summer," there is a keyboard part, it's like a synthesizer part, and it's like happens like at two fifteen in the song where it's actually like a little bit of a, a, a keyboard breakdown kind of, it's a little bit of a voice box thing kind of, but it just, it doesn't sound like, um, it sounds like he's trying to just like hum a melody, but he is actually saying something in there. And I don't, and I don't know what it is and I could actually hear it and I could, I could hear him saying something and it's very, it's very clearly words. But I've gone to all the lyric sites for Sex in the Summer, and nobody even acknowledges that he's even saying anything oh. there. But because he's kind of, he's kind of it's, it's kind of that type of thing, and um, it's it's got me really frazzled because I really want to pull it into like headphones and listen to it really loudly and see if I can pull it out. But David, uh, if you're listening, I know you're listening all the time. I have not forgotten about you, dude. I, I have not had a time to, to blast that song and figure out what he's saying there. If anybody else knows what is happening in Sex in the Summer in that in that section, in two minutes, it's it, it sounds like he's just kind of like humming a keyboard part. Is that, that part? But he's actually talking there. So he's kind of doing like a little bit of like a Roger Troutman type of voice box thing, but kind of like fuzzed out. But he's there's dialogue in there. And I don't know what that dialogue is. And I've, I'm, it's... So there's your homework, people. Just <laughs> trying to figure out what's being said in Sex in the Summer. Hopefully, well, here's another short one, a, a one that came up a few times, and we know about this one, Venus de Milo. Let's take a listen to this. Obviously, it's only like a minute and a half or something like that, or a minute and 46 seconds. Let's take right. a listen to Venus de Milo. We know this one's keyboards. Here we go.
we are talking about best keyboard, best slash piano songs. And uh, that was Venus de Milo. Great stuff there. And we got so I didn't want to go beyond ten o'clock tonight. So I wanted to kind of because I wanted to kind of shorten the show a little bit, let you guys enjoy the Prince Block more because you can still have a couple more hours of Prince Block. But we're going to fill it up with a bunch of keyboard type songs as well, including, but not limited to. Um, I'm going to play. Uh, let's see what I got here. We're definitely going to play Condition of the Heart. We're going to play Question of You. We're going to play How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore and Under the Cherry Moon. And then I'm also going to throw in uh, 17 Days, which we talked about, and also Little Red Corvette, Dirty Mind, slash Linus and Lucy from the Prince Piano Microphone. So we're going to throw in all those things. A few of those we're going to throw in towards the end as we after we close out so that you guys can kind of just take it and enjoy it and then enjoy the rest of your Prince Block as it were. So I would say the next one um, we go to, Doc, I'm going to let you choose. We got How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore, Under the Cherry Moon, The Question of You, Condition of the Heart, or 17 Days. Let's choose 17 Days if you're going to have me choose. All right, we will do that. So here it is, one of Prince's greatest keyboard slash piano works, 17 Days, and let's make it happen right now, right here. As you're sitting, enjoy, kick back, listen to the A-track, I dig you like an old soul record. 17 days right here on Funked Up. (laughs) (laughs) Is that my echo? Give me the straighter one. Can you turn the lights down some Oh, 
17 days, 17 long nights. Major, is knowing that you're holding someone else tight. I want to call you every day, beg you to be near me. Seventeen days, seventeen long nights. Oh, it's a drag, babe. I know, hold another nigga tight. I wanna call you every day, begging to be near me. I know it's underwater, down that you can hear me. Let the rain come down, come on down, let the rain come down, down. Oh, 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 oh. come on down, yeah. Come on down, yeah, baby, no. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do. 
that was 17 Days. That was off of uh, Piano on a Microphone, 1983. Uh, great, fantastic album. I actually got that one on vinyl. Did you get that one on vinyl, or did you get it on CD? Or I have it on vinyl. I bought three copies as much as I feel that it wasn't the right decision as a first release, but nevertheless, I'm supporting everything, and that's how I've been and how I always will be. And they can crap on me all they want, but yes, I have more than one copy, multiple. They're not going to crap on you for for buying three copies of a CD. They're not going to say a word to you. I guarantee it. Oh, trust me, uh, they were upset with my comments about it, but I... (laughs) That's different. That's different. I can criticize, but still support. All right. So we have some other songs that we have in the mix. We had, uh, I want to play some short ones because we got about 10 more minutes left here. So we'll play a couple ones. Let's see. We can play a few more songs here that uh, to make up for the uh, 10 minutes. And then once we leave, our closing song will be Condition of the Heart. And then we're also going to play that uh, the Little Red Corvette, Dirty Mind, Lannis and Lucy for Nick Garcia, who actually created that guitar for the drawing. Make sure that we can take care of him. So we'll definitely be playing that as well. So uh, that will be those will be the last two songs that we play in the mix. So let's see. We got Question of You, Under the Cherry Moon, and How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore. We'll, and I think we got a couple other uh, uh, guitar songs that have also come in as well. Uh, the live version of God from uh, Syracuse. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're like we're like digging into concert stuff now. That's my fault, I guess, because <laughs> that's totally my fault for sure. Uh, but that's okay. I I expected that to happen. Um, anyways, so let it's. Uh, I don't know what we do. I don't know what we should kick off with. I want to do Under the Cherry Moon. So we'll do that, and then we'll do come back with. Um, I guess the question of you, and then we'll kind of wrap things up and and play the rest of these songs out. As many as as many are going to come. All right, here it goes. Under the Cherry Moon right here on Funked Up. And then I'm going to let you, Jay, I'll let you pick a question of you or how come you don't call me anymore once we get back. And you can decide which one you, you want. I already have the answer, but we'll wait. Okay. Under the Cherry Moon, here it is. to the 
That was obviously under the cherry moon. We were talking about Prince's greatest keyboard slash piano works. And there's a lot to choose from. I mean, there's a bunch of songs. I mean, every single album has at least a half a dozen songs on them that are just unbelievable. And even if you're not, you have to be like a keyboard player to really appreciate some of the stuff that's going on because some of it is just unreal. But uh, so we've got uh, we got a few more songs here. Um, we're going to be closing with Condition of the Heart and then Little Red Corvette, Dirty Minds, Les Linus and Lucy from Miss Piano and a Microphone Tour. Uh, so we're going to be closing with those. But we had a couple that were still in rotation. Plus, I also see some more requests that were popping up uh, on the post that we did on Facebook. So I'm going to be taking those and I'm also going to be putting them in the mix. So it's going to go into your Prince block because we're going to close this out at 10 o'clock. And then we're just going to call it a night and we're going to play a bunch of other Prince stuff, all your requests from his piano stuff. And, uh, but I said to Jay, before we left, I said, do you want question of you or how come you don't call me anymore? Which one do you want? What is the answer to the question of you? It's a great song. Absolutely a great song. So we're going to play that one. And when we come back, we'll uh, close it up. We'll say goodbye and goodnight to you guys. And then we'll play How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore and then the other two that I mentioned. So here we go. Question of you right here on Funked Up. Enjoy.
That was The Question of You from the Amazing Graffiti Bridge soundtrack, which was way better than the movie, but still <laughs> it had amazing songs. I, I, there's so many songs that are just masterpieces on that album. It's just an incredible, incredible album. I know he was really putting his best foot forward for a lot of the, uh, you know, to kind of support the movie soundtrack, but, you know. It is what it is. Great, great song. We are going to be playing, as I said, uh, How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore, Condition of the Heart, and, of course, a little trio of songs for Nick Garcia, who created that amazing, beautiful replica of the Model C guitar of Prince's that we did a giveaway for. Congratulations one more time to Rico Curry. So we will be letting you guys enjoy the last two hours of the Prince Block on Funkatopia, and we hope you enjoyed the show. A big shout-out to the new executive director for Paisley Park, Mr. Alan Seifert. I know that I, if you're listening to the show, which it's pretty probable that you're listening to the show because I see that you have updated your LinkedIn profile now to actually spell Paisley Park correctly. 
Uh, Alan, thank you so, so much for doing that. You have to realize that you are kind of in a little bit of um, almost like a Bay Hive. I was just saying that to Jay. Uh, a little bit kind of like the Bay Hive for Beyonce, but we're kind of like a, a hornet's nest. We're a little bit more... Um, we can be we we question everything, so you have to you have to know that's there. So thank you so much, Alan, for fixing that, and we will be watching you. We hope to. I wish you nothing but the best. I am excited to see what you got planned. Sorry if anything that I said may have come across really harsh, but the reality of it is is that uh, don't really know a whole bunch about you, but looking forward to seeing what you're going to bring to the table and. Um, Hopefully it will be really, really good, and we'll we'll see. We'll see. We're watching you, Alan. We're watching you. We're paying attention. We're paying attention. Also, a big thank you to my special guest tonight, Dr. Funkenberry. Thank you for joining me, man, once again. Thanks for having me. I, 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 yeah, I, I like it when you come and hang out, especially when we do these types of shows when we're just kind of chatterboxing and we're talking back and forth and we're just kind of you know taking in this this information and just just kind of processing things. And it was great that we were you know definitely one of the first online to talk about this new breaking news from Paisley Park. Congratulations once again to Alan and the other two entertainment uh, divisions that are going to be, I guess, taking over the helm. And we'll see what happens there. So really excited about that. Uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. And um, next week, next week, we will be taking on, uh, well, I will be taking on the album chat for Crystal Ball. It will be CD one. And then, of course, the following week, we'll probably do CD two and three. And it will be, uh, it'll be yours truly. We'll be breaking down every single track on Crystal Ball and just going through the, the rigmarole and just talking about each one of the individual tracks, the stories, the history, all the stuff that you come to love and enjoy about the album chats. And it will be quite an undertaking. So I look forward to doing it for you guys. I know you love to hear about it. And Crystal Ball is such a really cool collection of songs from a bunch of different periods in his life, which I like a little bit of a collector's edition type of thing. It was almost like the first, one of the first really good dips into the vault from all over the place. And then, of course, littered with a bunch of new songs as well. So kind of all over the map. Um, it's going to be lots of fun. Doc, what's on your agenda? What can people expect to... Have you heard anything from the uh, the book folks about the new book? I know that Minneapolis has now got a book party that they're going to be doing, a book release party that they're doing that you posted on your Facebook page. But have you heard anything about anything for L.A.? I haven't heard anything about Atlanta. Or has anybody out there heard anything about the bookstores doing any type of shows or events? I haven't heard anything directly from them. heard from other people, but I need to hear it from them so I can plan and so I can do things. Um, But as it goes closer and gets closer, hopefully that'll be cool. Um we got a lot of things coming up for October here in LA and uh, looking forward to that, but definitely looking forward to do something for the book. Hopefully it materializes. Yeah. So, I mean, for those of you just were kind of wondering what we're talking about, we're, we're closing up the show here. So we're, we're giving you guys an early night, but you know, random house is the, the publisher of the book and they reached out to a bunch of different, Prince groups, and uh, we were one of them. I know, uh, Doc, you were one of them too. So, reached out to a lot of strategically placed 
uh, Prince groups that have a lot of followers and wanted to know if we would be okay in hosting a party at a bookstore somewhere in, in around where we are, uh, in order to help to celebrate the release of this book. And I, I guess they asked a bunch of questions. The last time I heard from them was, uh, in, I guess, September. Uh, it was like, well, it started in, um, the dialogue started in August, and then the last time I heard from them was September 9th. I looked that up while you were in there. So they're supposed to be doing a book release party in all the major cities. Uh, and since Doc is in L.A., you're probably going to have somewhere something happening around there. And I am in Atlanta, and they've already reached out to me and had some discussions. So waiting on some news, but Minneapolis, you've got yours. And if you want to know where that is, please go to facebook.com and go to Dr. Funkenberry's celebrity news page. He has the post on there about the Minneapolis thing. Also, please be sure that you go to Doc's website. Doc, when you give him that website address? Uh, It's just drfunkenberry.com or drfunk.co. All right, so drfunk.co or drfunkenberry.com, and please make sure that you donate. If you love and appreciate him and all that he brings to the Prince world, please make sure that you uh, do some donations and, and help take care of him. Thank you once again for all the donations that you gave to PRN alumni and helping them take care of all of the, the various charities that Prince was heavily involved in when he was with us and also supporting all of the people that were once in Prince's employ. Uh, that when they hit financial hardships, they kind of come in and, and take care of them and help them pay for medical expenses and various different types of things. Uh, I'm so happy that it went so well as far as the, the drawing was concerned is for, um, for the beautiful guitar that Nick Garcia uh, created, the replica that he created. So we will be, and congratulations once again to Rico Curry, uh, who won it. Good night, everyone. We will go ahead and I will visit the post on facebook.com slash Funkatopia and look at all of your posts about the greatest keyboard songs that you have named. And I am going to be littering the remainder of this hour with those requests and then finishing off, obviously the print block that goes from 11 all the way until midnight. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to the Funkatopia radio show and Funkatopia live. We will see you guys next week when we will do the album chat for crystal ball. Well, at least one of the CDs anyways, let's not get too far away. All right, man. And much love, everyone. Keep it funky always. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. Here's here. How come you don't call me anymore? Along with uh, a trio of songs from Prince Bam on a microphone, his final concert, and also Condition of the Heart. So we got all those things coming up right now. Thank you for tuning in. Good night. Funkatopia Live and Funked Up is the online radio station of Funkatopia and is in no way affiliated or endorsed by Paisley Park or the estate of Prince Rogers Nelson. Yet.
now you're gone
be done Shed a pocket full of horses Drawn in in some of the years But it was Saturday night I guess that makes it all right You said, what have I got to lose? What have I got to lose? I know I do. I'm getting ready for that. 